life. I like that. I think we, should have, we should always have exit strategies coming from a woman who's been married five times. You, you could have, not for this marriage, of course. No, 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 just, of course not. No, no, but exit strategies. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Joe, Dr. Energy Piazza. Rara is in the house. Catherine Asaro Myers. Welcome back to BU Network Podcast, conversations worth having. On our podcast, you can expect three things. One, the BU guest moment. Two, the BU moment. And three, the BU final moment. As promised... We are giving you a very special Audible on each show. Your job, well, not your job, it's to find it. You know the game Where's Waldo? Well, here we will ask you to listen for that Audible. What a wonderful day in the neighborhood, Dr. Energy. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing day. You know, we're talking about how we feel and lifting each other up and mm-hmm. our audience listening to us and whatever our audience <laughs> is doing right now. Maybe they're in the car. Who knows when they're listening to this, right? Exactly. In six months, it could be, you know, a year after we actually publish this. <laughs> whatever they're doing, whenever you're listening to this, we certainly want to give everybody something yeah. great, great well, it, to listen to. You know, it's it's interesting. I always I tend to uh, listen to a lot of podcasts in the car, especially when I'm driving, you know, Ottawa to Toronto or Waterloo or Niagara-on-the-Lake. I, I download a bunch of them over Wi-Fi and then I have them on my phone and I can listen to them in the car and I don't have to use data and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, it, it, so oftentimes for me, I, I'm definitely listening to podcasts long, sometimes long after they're recorded. So, so I know how yeah. that goes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Long after the, and listen to them again, right? Yeah, exactly. Hear them over and over again. I'm really interested to have our audience feel that we're giving them our very best mm-hmm. at all times, whatever time of the year it is, but we are, we're in summer right now. So we're yep. in a beautiful, beautiful summer day in two different cities. So I'm actually going to take a page. I'm actually taking a page today from David Gray, uh, when he, the musician, when he recorded White Ladder, um, he actually had the windows to his apartment open. And if you listen really closely, you can hear some of the traffic in the street going by. So I actually have my window open today and you can, you may hear some traffic going by. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful day. You know, we've had some really humid weather where the temperatures were just ridiculous. And now this morning today, there's a really nice breeze coming in the window. So I really wanted to, have that coming in the window. So if you hear a little, if car go by here and there, that's what you're hearing. Mm, well, that shows that you've got some life around you. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Let's talk a little, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell okay. us a little bit about where, where you're at since you're there already, you're telling right, us. Right, right. So I, I'm here in Ottawa and, and, you know, just having a really good start to the day. I'm really looking forward to this interview with Joel. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what he talks about uh, in building relationships is a lot of what we're all about and, and being your authentic self is what it is kind of what it takes to, to build those relationships. So I'm, I'm in a state of anticipation 
waiting for and looking forward to this interview with Joel. And as far as, you know, physical, I'm here in, in my office here, here in Ottawa recording and um, have the, the breeze rustling through the tree outside my window. You can probably hear cars going by as well. So I'm just really trying to doing my best to be to being in the moment as and all of what that entails today. So that's where I am today. Thank you. Yeah. And how about yourself? What where are you at? What's up for Rara? Thank you. I'm in my bridge room and I'm in, uh, oh boy, where am I? Niagara on the Lake. <laughs> I was going to say I'm in <laughs> Lake Ontario. I don't even know where I am. I'm in Niagara on the Lake, Ontario. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm looking at the treetops. I'm looking at a catalpa tree. So for those enthusiasts who are really into vegetation and plantation, it's a beautiful, amazing tree. When the flowers are on that, and they're gone now. They look like orchids. Right. And then there are these long pods that hang from it. This catalpa tree's got to be over 50 years old. So that's awesome. In addition to this catalpa tree, I'm looking at amazing, amazing other... There's a breeze, you know, there are these beautiful green and red trees, and there's a breeze. When you step outside, it right. takes your breath away. It's breathtaking. So I'm sitting at my black desk and I'm looking mm. at my eagle painting and there's a Buddha right above my, in the, um, let's call that northeast corner, right. corner. There's my corner. New York accent, northeast corner, northeast corner of corner. my room. There it is. <laughs> Pops up when I'm either tired or talking to a New Yorker. So I must be tired. <laughs> and I'm looking at some really amazing plants. So lately I've been doing some research on putting oxygen into the room that mm. I sleep, but I also wanted to put this into the bridge room. So right. I have an aloe plant. I have what they call a snake plant or mother-in-law tongue. Yes, I know that I'm going one. to yeah. get a, right? I'm going to get a peace lily and a rubber plant. So these four plants are recommended to put oxygen in the room when you yes. sleep. I have two other jade plants in this room because they just, they do amazingly. Right. So I find when I come into my bridge room, there is a certain difference with the air and mm. it's amazing. So if you want to get those four plants and you want to get your room to, I mean, I have infused lemon and I, right. I do burn Palo Santo, but this is not about the scent. It's about the way the air the feels life. in here. Absolutely. So yeah. aloe plants, which is extremely useful. You can just break it off and put it on your skin or if you burn yourself or whatever mm. it happens. So I have that obviously on my main floor, but this also snake plant or mother-in-law tongue, right. it usually grows up. But did I have this conversation with you already? Yeah, yeah, we, did we, I talk we've to, talked, yeah. talked a little bit about it. You said it's right. growing out or something. Yeah. It just makes so much sense to me to have this oxygen. So I just, I love watching things grow. Mm. So this was always my thing at the other house. You know, I got to look outside yes. the garden. And so I'm in my bedroom watching nature, which I absolutely love. And I feel like I have an escape route here because I can actually see the roots. <laughs> <laughs> in the other house, it was a little bit different, right? It was in the right. building here. I'm like, oh, I could just open this window and get on the roof. I like that. I think we should always have <laughs> We should always have exit strategies coming from a woman who's been married five times. <laughs> we should have, <clears throat> not for this marriage, of course. No, 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 just, of course not. No, no, but exit strategies are part of Sicilian culture. How well, to get in, how to get, how out. get out. Well, you know, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need that even for your business, right? Like what is, yeah. if you start, you know, the, the, a, lot of, a lot of coaches will talk about building your, when you're building a business, start with your exit strategy. So you build it and then you reverse engineer it. So know where you want to end and how you want to end and then build backwards from there. 
Absolutely. And as a woman with clothing and shoes, you need an exit strategy. If that dress doesn't work, you need another. If those right. shoes don't work, you need 10 other pairs to go with it. So definitely <laughs> I'm thinking of my exit strategies. Yeah. And what I really like about being in my bridge room here is I, I feel like I'm on top of everything and it mm. gives me this really uplifting feeling. You right. know, I found this $5 bill the other day right. and this is a $5 bill. One second, I want to What's get it. $5 bill, what, back. people still carry money? Come back to the mic. Yeah, well, this is something I found. It's an American bill. I was in, let me say, Pittsburgh. Well, right. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. I was going to say Plattsburgh. I make stuff up, boy. Well, I was in Pittsburgh. I know, isn't it? And there was uh, Linda, her husband, Dave, right. Damar, yep. Jordan Adler, myself and Elena, and we were all sitting down having breakfast and right. we were finishing our, our meeting, finishing mm -hmm. our seminar. Right. And I had this bright idea. I said, Hey, let's take out, Hey, let's take out a $5 bill. Let's all sign it. Right. And then I couldn't find it for a while. Hmm. And I have it right now and I keep it in my bridge room signed by these great, amazing people. Right. What a wonderful memory. So what I, the reason why I brought that up is wherever you are, surround yourself with things that have great stories mm. so that you are always creating right. your story and it's always growing. Obviously, right. with conversations worth having, we listen to what people have to say. And it's right. one thing to talk and to teach and it's another thing to be a great storyteller. And oh, yeah. I love that. I could have something to tell a story about. Yeah. It's, and, you know, I like, I like that, you know, we've talked in the past, you know, about being a collector of stories. Cause if you have, if you collect stories and pay attention to stories of other people, you're going to hear more and more stories, right? So you, what, you know, we know that what we put our attention on is what we attract. So if we start putting our attention on those stories and when you attract those stories, and then are having conversations with others down the road, having those stories makes for great conversations, right? So it, it's, we know as humans, we learn and connect through stories. So if you are always collecting stories, you're never going to run out of potential for really great conversations worth having. Absolutely. Really important to, to write our own stories and to mm -hmm. think about that as we're doing things mm -hmm. to remember what's going on in our life. Right. Not to fly through it without having some anchor. Right. Some grounding. What we're doing, you know, yeah. yes, yes. I have this, this globe on my desk that I talked mm -hmm. about and it represents international, but you know, that expression, have the whole world in your hands. <laughs> Well, I have a little bit of that in me. So I put this globe in my hand, thanks to Carolyn Terracini yeah. for recommending I put this on my desk. And I have this globe in my hand. And when I do, I yeah. feel empowered. So I have this $5 bill signed by all these great people. Right. I have my shungite right next to my yeah. laptop. I have this amazing piece of jade that I'm going to put in my mailbox. Mm. I have this Mont Blanc inkwell. I have the world in my hands, a salt yeah. lamp. I'm infusing some lemon oil and I have all these great pictures and plants around me. You know, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll so, today with our guest. On the subject of great stories, I have a fun little, uh, just a, two little short stories. 
to, to share with you. You mentioned about having your little crystal globe in your hand. It's mm -hmm. interesting. I actually have one of those little squishy stress balls in the shape of the earth. <laughs> And it sits on my desk as well. And so I, sometimes I play with it and I squish it and stuff. And I have the same thing. I have the world in my hand. And then you just mentioned there about your Mont Blanc uh, inkwell. And it's interesting. When my uncle passed away, we found amongst some of his things, he had been given a gift of a Mont Blanc uh, fountain pen. And I still have that. And I use it on a regular basis. Wow. So... You know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, I didn't know that you had a Mont Blanc inkwell until right this very moment. And I have this Mont Blanc pen and, you know, I'm a bit of a collector of, of, of nice pens. I'm a bit of a, a penaholic. And whenever I lend a pen to somebody, I always, I always make sure I get it back. I'm just, mm. I'm, I'm like that. So when, when a pen goes missing, like, oh, who did I lend that to last or, Me or too. whatever. Me so, too. uh, it's so it's interesting when we start to share our stories we, we never know how we're going to connect with somebody when we share a story right i love this i have some mont blanc pens mont blanc pens mm -hmm. i say that mont blanc mont, mont blanc mont blanc blanc okay blanc. pens that go with this ink well and i have ink as well right. and i love i love that i if i had a little bit more time i would yep. learn to really write beautifully yeah i have the worst handwriting but what i like about my handwriting is it's so bad that it looks like it's got some <laughs> style to it well again and, that, and now here here's another little connection you mentioned about learning calligraphy in my former toastmasters club that i was in when i was in toronto in the toronto area we had a member who did calligraphy and whenever we would do a a speech contest or somebody would uh, achieve a educational award we would always have katie mm. write their names on the awards because she would always bring her calligraphy pens and markers and she would write out their names and their educational awards so it was always really nice when you would receive those awards to have this beautiful calligraphy on these on these awards Maybe we can ask Katie to fill out a font form for send out cards and I can put it in my system mm -hmm. and use that. There you go. Let's do that. I'll let's connect her. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's because she can fill out the form. We can pay for it and we can put it in our system and then we'll have calligraphy in our send out cards. Oh, I like that. Okay, on to Katie. I will, I will, let's I will do get, that. I will get connected to Katie. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in touch okay. with her. Awesome. I love that call to action. And now yeah. we have another great call. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. See, these <laughs> yeah, yeah. stories just lead to so many cool things. Exactly. And I, I'm, I'm sure our audience is going to connect with some of the things that we said. So I'm happy to hear what our audience has to say. Keep the comments coming in. Thanks for communicating yes. with us. And we have a really, as Ed Sullivan used to say, we have a really good show for you today with yes. Joe Mendelbaum. Yes. I'm excited to hear what stories he has to share. Let's hop on the other side. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side. Be you study. Be more at ease in your communication so you too can have conversations worth having. What is Be You Study? A private online room to rehearse impromptu speaking, receive instant feedback, and achieve quick results. And feel confident that no one is laughing unless you're telling a joke. Plug in anytime, anywhere. Study with seasoned pros. Access your customized feedback. Then speak with ease 
and build amazing relationships. Dr. Energy, what a beautiful day. Oh, finally, some beautiful weather. This is what I call weather to work around outside by. <laughs> yes. Go outside and create these little vignettes under a tree and on the north side, as we were just chatting, like not to have that sun melting mm. us. We have some, some really beautiful, beautiful weather and a really great show ahead of us. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about talking to Joel today. Want me to tell you a few little things about him that I yeah, know and then some big things? Okay. That'd be great. Okay. So on a personal note, Joel's a really personable guy. He's so easy to talk to. The first time I spoke with Joel, he made an introduction in about 10 seconds. Maybe it was 10 <laughs> minutes. And he not only made the introduction, he connected with email. With, he just connected us. And it, to someone in my own like town, which is so amazing. Like I remember the time I had the guest on Gratitude Girls and it was Lori's neighbor. And she's like, how'd you get that guest? He's my neighbor. And there's Joel introducing me to someone like right in the Niagara region. <laughs> And I thought that was so cool. Like that was just the first right. like impression. So what cool. It, so what's that saying? You never know who knows who you never know who knows who you know or something like that. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. It's Some, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. It was it was really cool. So that was my really great, great introduction and impression to Joel being a giver. And I want to read a few things about him so our audience can can hear awesome. some of his yeah. greatness. Okay. So this is Joel Mendelbaum. And this is an amazing, amazing man. I'd like to call him a new friend. You know, I think I can step out on a limb since he's on our podcast and say, this I is think, our new friend. I think so. Joel Mendelbaum began his career at the age of 19 when driven to build his own business. He started, ready for this? Drum roll, a transportation company. Wow. Through hard work, dedication, to exceptional customer service, and we know how difficult that is to have mm -hmm. exceptional customer service, and leading edge technology. This business evolved from a single man courier company to providing trucks, logistics, air freight, and warehousing services to some of North America's largest and most respected companies. Wow. In 2005, his company won the Business Excellence Award by the Toronto Board of Trade. In 2012, Joel sold his company to pursue his new passion, helping business owners win online. Wow, was he ahead of his time or what? Did Joel have so. his finger on the pulse before <laughs> everybody else? Yep. That's, that's what I call Catching smart the man. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Little did, if he would have known then what he knew now, he would have done it in, 2000, in 2011. <laughs> Today is number one best-selling author, strategic technology consultant, and stakeholder at multiple digital companies. His leadership, 25 years technology and business development experience, and passion has been a driving force behind those companies' steep growth curves. Joel's focus is to help his clients disrupt their industry with unconventional approaches 
to solving their most important business challenges. I like him so much (laughs) (laughs) using the power of unconventional marketing platforms and highly effective communication strategies. You know, this is amazing. Someone who gets paid to disrupt the client, disturb, oh gosh, oh, we're going to leave this in. Someone who gets paid to disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. disrupt. (laughs) You're having trouble with that one today. (laughs) I am because I like the word so much disrupt the industry, the client's industry. I love yeah. that you get paid for that. Joel Mentelbaum, welcome to BU Podcast, BU Network Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, Joel, at 19, tell us a little bit about how were you driven at the age of 19? I mean, we're, we're, we're drivers as well, but tell us a little bit about you. How did you tap into that? Well, that's that's great question. Um, I was probably about hmm, maybe seven or eight years old when I first got bitten by the entrepreneur bug. My father used to work uh, for a cable company uh, before it was Rogers way, way, way back. And he used to bring home this cable wire. Cable wire was like multicolored in the day. You'd have like a purple wire with little yellow markings on it. So he'd bring home this cable wire and one day I got an idea to make little rings, like just little rings out of cable wire, you know, twist them around, make little shapes and stuff. And I, I mm. would go around the neighborhood selling those little rings for like five cents or 10 cents. <laughs> and I always wanted to make money some way, shape or form. And whether it was for me or I did a, I don't know if you remember way, way back in the day, Commander Tom with Channel 7. Oh, yes. So they used to have these MS parties that you would you would throw to raise money for multiple sclerosis. They'd send a kit. Um, and so I would do those and just whatever I could do to raise money. And one day, you know, I was in high school. I, I wasn't great in school. I was just bored. And that was a mixture of maybe um, just, a, it could have been a bit of, um, what do we call it? Attention deficit. Mm. I was just very bored at school. I didn't really enjoy what they wanted to teach me. So finally, <laughs> At the age of 19, I took my bar mitzvah money um, to the chagrin of my parents. I asked them, look, are you going to be paying for my university? Like a lot of my friends' parents were. And the answer came back, no, you're going to have to pay for university. And I was like, no, I'm not paying for university. I'm going to start a business. So I took my savings that I had. I was very fortunate because when I was 13, interest rates were like 20-something percent. Right. So we took all my bar mitzvah money and invested it in those rates. And when I was uh, 19 years old, I bought myself a 1981 Honda Accord and a $2,500 cell phone and went to work for a courier company and loved driving so much in the freedom. I thought I'd start my business. And I had a bit of a side hustle to that, that I really didn't want to depend on my parents or anybody uh, to survive. So I had a bit of a, of a youthful energy and drive and started what was called Split Second Courier back in July of 1988. And as a result of that, I just didn't go to, I did not go to business school. I went right out of high school. I was just driven to to do something. And I built that over 24 years. And uh, through a lot of hard work, a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes, but I learned a whole heck of a lot. And at the height of the business, we had about 100 staff in two countries. I had an office here, an office in Western New York. And we did everything. And what really I missed the most after I sold the business is the people. Mm-hmm. Because you're, 
you know, your life and your business is all about relationships. Yes. And believe it or not, Toronto, we had such an awesome team here in Toronto, but no disrespect to my Toronto uh, friends and past employees, but my Buffalo office was just a lot more, would we say, homey, more, more, um, uh, more small town feeling. Right. And, uh, you know, I talked to a couple of my staff because we sold in 2012, the end of 2012. They're still thankful that they had jobs for so long, you know, which you just don't hear that these days. You know, that that's, it's all about relationships and, you know, speaking to my staff there, you know, smaller towns, I really get it. I'm from Toronto, so I'm just mm. not used to that type of hospitality. It never was. And really something that, you know, people that are so grateful, I look back and really, really am honored and grateful that I was able to build a company and help so many people over the years. And then now, of course, um, had morphed into what I'm doing today. After 24 years, I decided it was uh, time to sell and the right offer came in. But the issue I realized after is that since I didn't embrace the internet, I could have probably sold for much higher. And <laughs> so at that point, there was a big, ah. Oh, I should have had a V8 <laughs> slapped to the side of the head. And I went, whoa, I really, that's when it kind of hit me. And I thought, you know what? I'm never, ever, ever going to be at the point where I don't utilize technology or online to build either my business or to help my clients. So Joel, let me ask you another question, which leads me right into at this point in 2012, your new passion. And how did you yourself get interested in online from a transportation company to helping business owners win online how did you make that transformation or that bridge from one business to the other it was it was more of a when i had sold the business and i was trying to figure out what to do i had met somebody who was in to online marketing and he was just you know they say some people come into your life for a minute, uh, a season, or a year, or what? However, that where I don't remember the whole, uh, the whole, the saying. However, I had a long conversation with him over lunch, and he said, "You know something? There are other companies that were in your industry." He started giving me numbers because he was doing some digital marketing for some of these other transportation companies, and I was so blown away by what he had told me, and then realized that I I could have probably built the business, you know, if I would have known what I knew then. A month earlier however i realized that you know the universe brings you what when you need it and i had this whole list of business owners that i knew from before running my business and i started thinking to myself how can i help people you know i i sold the business but i really wanted to get back into relationships with business owners and on fellow entrepreneurs so I made it my mission at the time that I wanted to kind of seek out really, really smart people that knew a lot about the internet. Because when it came across my desk around 2000, uh, I looked at the internet, I just went, nah, it's not gonna stay around. You know, what is this internet, internet? <laughs> you know, I ran a Google ad campaign uh, and I had a budget of $100 and I ran that for like a week didn't get a single lead. And I thought, nah, this whole thing doesn't work, which at the end of the day, how can we know these things as a business owner? We're supposed to be building our business. How can we even have any clue on how to start doing any type of digital marketing? So I thought, well, it didn't work. I'll just continue to do 
what I did. Uh, and that was kind of the attitude. And then after when I sold and I started speaking and realized, speaking of smart people, I made it a mission to source out top people that understand the internet far in excess of what the average person does. And, you know, you ask the universe for things. And uh, about two weeks later at a networking event, I met uh, a couple of the executives at one of the companies that I'm involved with, a company called IOPW. And uh, I saw what these guys had been building technologies and platforms for close to 20 years since the internet started. And some of the things I saw that they were able to achieve for their clients just blew me away. So I made them partially my home and bringing my clients some of the very disruptive technologies that they built in-house that no one else has been able to achieve for almost 20 years. And I thought, well, this is a great place to start. <laughs> and I started to, um, you know, really get involved and interested in how people search online, what SEO was at the time, seeing businesses that are literally non-existent to crushing it within a very short period of time relative to old ways of doing business. And it just fascinated me more and more. So I became a geek. Um, I was officially uh, uh, named a geek by the company a couple of years ago, and you know. Now Congratulations! That's, thank you. And that's a that's actually a good compliment from other people that are that smart in those spaces. Um, I don't speak geek as much as uh, as I should, but that that is what I guess one of my advantages is is that I understand you know technology more than a lot of business owners, and I'm not by any stretch saying that I know everything, but I know more, and I can translate from what needs to be done to explain to a business owner what they need to do in entrepreneur speak, if you will. So isn't, majority, yeah, go ahead. And that, isn't that, isn't that the whole thing for most business owners is to be able to, so that you can help them find their solution or show them the solution that works for them is put it in a story or words or language that they understand. They don't necessarily want to or need to know all the geek speak and they just want to know how can you help me and what's it going to get me exactly and you know the problem is that i found is that 80 percent probably in my experience being in the disruptive digital space i call it because there's really no other place way to call it for the past seven years right. now i've realized the majority of business owners really have no clue about the they don't know what to do they don't know what to spend their money on they're not sure what platforms to use to market their business and you know, in any industry, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, bad actors that, <laughs> For sure. um, you know, will, you know, they'll just try to sell you the highest ticket item or this or that. You know, what's your budget? Oh, my budget is X. Okay, well, we'll make sure we spend that. And to me, <laughs> that's really not fair because you're taking advantage of superior knowledge. I was in a short, small degree taken advantage of because when I ran my ad campaign from my courier business, I really didn't know anything about it. And the person that did it really didn't explain anything to me or else I probably would have spent a significantly higher amount than a hundred bucks. That's right. That and a cup of coffee, you know, right. uh, when it comes to, to marketing. So uh, really for me, you know, understanding the fact that the potential out there to help other business owners, if they understood what needs to be done, could really make a difference. So I found, I realized through talking to a lot of business owners, I was having meetings and every time I left a meeting, the business owner would say, wow, you taught me so much today. Now I know the difference between a landing page and my homepage, or now I know this or that difference. Small little things that can make such a big impact on a decision. So for example, I had a, uh, a client reach out to me before he was a client. He had read my book and he said, you know, 
as a result of reading your book, I now understand what I need to do, or at least the headspace I need to be in. And I avoided doing a Google ad campaign and instead did a Facebook campaign. And after when I spoke to the new marketing person, they said that as a result of my decision, we saved the company $10,000 because Google ads are more expensive than Facebook ads. And it's generally a place where you can do some really good uh, testing to see what the response is. And just he got that. And just that, just knowing that I helped him make that decision, it's, that just makes it all worthwhile. So I decided to write that book, uh, my book back in uh, March, I launched in March of 2019. And um, it became a number one bestseller on Amazon in six categories within 48 hours of launching the book. And I sold a lot of them, obviously. And I realized <laughs> that there was this big gap in knowledge to business owners. And around that time, I became even more connected with my purpose. And that was to help business owners, give them a, the best chance they have to win online. And there's never a guarantee in marketing because, you know, if you don't answer your phone fast, there are things that are outside of my control that could contribute to a success or right, loss. Right. But at least I can help the business owner see uh, a journey. So, so I see myself as kind of an online Sherpa, if you will, to help guide my clients, whether they're just starting out online or whether they're a large corporation that needs to improve their visibility. And I can help them throughout the process. That's well, awesome. Joel, that oh, sorry. That leads me to my next question. And I was I didn't want to interrupt you because I what you were saying is extremely important, but you were leading me right into where I wanted to go. And thank you for, <laughs> for that explanation. I was just going to say to you, let's talk about your book next, but you certainly organically knew that that was the next place to go. And, and then I'm going to ask, I'll ask you two questions. So my first sure. question is, and you told us a little bit about the reason why you decided to write this, as you now know, best-selling book, bestseller, but the reason why, and you talked about your why and your purpose. So can we talk a little bit about that? And then I have a second follow-up question. I'm sure Dr. Energy does as well. Sure. Yes. So I think it was probably around September of 2018, and I probably about the seventh or eighth time a business owner said, you should write a book. And none of these business owners knew each other. So, you know, <laughs> somebody says something once, oh, that's nice. Yeah, sure. Why the heck would I ever want to write a book? You know, it's going to take a long time and blah, blah, blah. And there's not a lot of money in book writing. And, you know, you got to become a New York Times bestseller. And it's all the myths that I thought beforehand. And it was really interesting because the last person that asked me before I made that decision, I looked back and I said, why do you think I should write a book? And he looked at me like a deer in the headlights. And he said, why wouldn't you? The information you've just given me today has given me insight. And this is kind of funny. This is, you know, I'm just getting into digital space and stuff. He's like, I may not be buying anything from you today, but you certainly taught me a lot. And of course, as a salesperson entrepreneur, you hear, well, I'm not buying from you today, but you taught me a lot. The first thing that resonated was, well, I'm not buying from you today. So I really didn't do a good sales job. What, what resonated with me right after was, that I had one heck of a fun time speaking to this, this gentleman. It, it really made me feel good that I taught him something, despite the fact that he didn't get a sale out of it. And so I just I, that feeling itself and the thank you for educating me, it, that just, just made me feel really, really great, a feeling that I hadn't had in a long time. And I realized at that point that there's so many business owners out there that were like me when I really had no clue about the internet. So I realized it's my mission to educate business owners and direct them on the right path on what I feel is the best way to bring them to 
an, a form of online success, whether that be just more visibility or whether they're getting traffic and phone calls and such. I mean, no one, no marketer can ever guarantee they're going to get you X amount of phone calls. That's just because you can't predict the internet. However, there are things you can do that your competitors are not doing that will give you an edge. And that's kind of where I see myself as I give my clients that technology or strategic edge. And that was connecting to me because I was able to show them things that they've never seen before. And that really, really jazzed me up. So that, that was kind of where my newer why and connection uh, was birthed. Dr. Andrew, would you like to go next and ask your question? Sure, sure. Okay. Um, Joel, you mentioned a lot. I, I heard a lot of um, really great stuff there, especially around building relationships. And it, it didn't come just from the online aspect of your business. It sounded like even when you had your uh, courier and trucking, shipping, logistics business, that there was a lot of relationship building going on and not just with clients, but with staff and employees as well. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of what you're talking about and building those relationships with people is amazing because it's not just about getting the sale, right? It's sometimes it's just helping a, a business owner recognize where their problem is. And even if you don't have the solution for them is connecting them to somebody who does have a solution for them. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that and how you build and how you build those relationships and how you go about doing that. That's a great question. Um, I look at, you know, when I become friends with my clients, that's when I know I've won. And I don't mean winning in terms of like, an Olympic game or a match or <laughs> I beat you or something like right, that. Right. It's when I can make a connection with another business owner, because it's more than just, I do more than just digital because I not just started that one company, but I built, bought and sold over five companies. Most of them were in the trucking industry where I would, you know, I bought a lot of my com uh, competitors. I have built other small companies mm -hmm. as well. So I've got a lot of entrepreneurial uh, experience and to be able to build a relationship, first thing I learned in sales, and what I do, because I also do coaching, I do business coaching for some of my clients just because of my experience. And we talk about right. sales. And, you know, sales, it's a really interesting game because in, through sales, you can really learn about a person's personality. You can learn about a person's morals. You can learn about their ethics. And I've always held myself to a high standard. And always, always, always do my best to give a lot more than I ask for in return. And everybody has a conscience. Everybody has a heart. Entrepreneurs were a, were a breed of people that want to change the world or at the very least change our world for the better. Right. And, you know, in, in, in sales, of course, no one's going to buy from you until they know you like you and trust you or your brand. And one thing I, you know, when I, when I started my first business at 19, I hadn't taken any business courses. I hadn't gone to university. I hadn't taken any, you know, I hadn't been to business school or anything. I learned right. from greats like Brian Tracy back in the day, you know, they had all these, you know, Anthony Robbins and mindset. And back in the early nineties, you know, I was a student of cassette tapes and that's kind of how <laughs> I was able to educate myself right. and learn. But one thing I always realized, and this kind of came naturally through, you know, literally throwing myself into cold calling to build my, my first business, is that I always got more money from the people that I like. And I thought, that was a, that's kind of weird. Right. You know, I, people that I like, I do more business with, and I feel good doing more business with them. So I kind of started thinking, well, 
why don't I just make friends first and let's see what happens. And, you know, in business, you know, you have to forge a relationship with anyone. It's all about trust. I mean, mm. you tend to like the people you trust. They tend to like you. And so years after, I realized that I had literally uh, taken the first rule of sales uh, earlier than most people understood. And the first rule of sales is to build relationships. Right. You go to a networking event, you don't go there. This is find this really fun. I go to yeah. a lot of networking events and now we do a lot of online networking events. Right. You still get the energy through the through Zoom or whatever. So it's and it's very efficient and it's great. And you know, through networking events and I'm talking to to people, I'm not there trying to sell them anything at all. In fact, I just want to kind of get to know them a little better. Would this be a person that I'd even want to do business with? And really, it's not about, I find that my customers or potential customers are the ones pushing me now to, to do business, which is a very interesting place to be in because when I go into a networking event and people ask me, why am I at that networking event? You hear people say, well, I want to meet new people. I want to do business. I'm just about, hey, let's just have some fun, meet some new right. people, see what happens. I don't have exactly. the expectations of pressing a business card into someone's hand <laughs> and you know saying here buy my stuff that's kind of insulting it's not really nice to do to somebody because at the end of the day how do you really know what my issues are so right. really what to circle all back and everything to be able to help a business owner solve a problem that's something that really i really enjoy doing right so Sweet. building right. a relationship that's the easiest way you can build a relationship with someone is help figure out what their problem is and right. if you can solve their problem solve it and if you can't, as you said at the beginning, I'll point them to it in a direction that may be somewhere or someone that can help them. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you. I have a very quick question before we get into our BU final moment. If you could give the ideal clients in front of you three pieces of quick advice, what would they be? Make sure your website is the most beautiful thing on the planet in terms of showing your brand because everybody goes there first. If you're thinking of spending any marketing dollars, make sure your site is has everything in it that, or as many things in it that would cause your ideal client to say, hey, I wanna work with these people because that's your CV to the world. So number one, make sure you have a really good website. If it's more than three or four years old, it's time to start looking for a new one because everybody's gonna compare you against your competition and that's where it's starts. Right. Second okay. thing I would, yeah. Second thing yep. I would say to business owners, relax. Right now, it's a really, really <laughs> tough time. Yeah. We are all have some form of anxiety or stress. If you don't feel like making a phone call, don't make the phone call. Go out, have a walk. Be more mindful of low levels of stress today and give yourself a break. Be really, really good to yourself because you know, it's, we're the only ones, there's a lot of solo entrepreneurs out there, I'm sure, you know, that don't necessarily have the support groups, get into networking groups of other business owners and like-minded people, you know, it's tough out there right now, nobody knows, you know, there is no playbook for this in business, just keep being persistent, and just keep building relationships, and the sales right. will come. Excellent. So, web a beautiful website, relax and build relationships. Are those your three quick tips? I would say that would be That's awesome. Excellent, Love excellent that. tips. Love that. Thank you so Enjoy much. Enjoy the summer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> tip number weather. four, bonus tip. Yes. Bonus, <laughs> bonus tip. Right. Free today. 
<laughs> I'd like to go into what we call our BU moments in our podcast now. And it just comes up, you know, Joel, like whatever comes up for you, our BU moment is what has surfaced for you. And then after you share that with us, we'll have Dr. Energy share. And then I believe I'll be asked the same question. Can you share with us what is your BU final moment? I think the something that really resonates with me today is, you know, connecting with other entrepreneurs and business owners is that make sure that you continue to be persistent in, in going after your dreams and make sure you're persistent in going after, you know, your life, because no matter what someone tells you, there's always somebody making a lot of money in every industry. And why can't it be you? Only thing that is preventing you from being where you want to be is you. And I know it kind of sounds a lot of cliche, but we really are our masters of our destiny. And it really depends on where your mindset is. And I know how difficult it can be, you know, pulling yourself out of bed in the morning, getting on the phone, doing the activities that you need to do to push your business forward, especially during these times. But just keep doing it and just know that there's a lot of other people out there in the same boat. We're all pushing hard. No one is immune. Just keep being, you know, persistent. And just keep connecting with the reason you're in business. And if your reason for being in business has changed and you're not as excited or the why isn't there anymore, it might be time to look for something new. Doesn't mean you have to not be an entrepreneur anymore, but it might be time to do something different. So listen to your heart, listen to your intuition. And of course, let that guide you and let your, let your morals and ethics guide you and allow the universe to bring people into your life that will help to make a good change. Thank you, Joel. I pre- we both appreciate you sharing your wisdom yes. with us. Dr. Energy, what is your B final moment for today? Well, it just, it just popped in there, when, Joel, when you were talking about uh, enjoying the summer. And for me, what is coming up today in this B final moment is taking steps forward in your business, even if it's just one little step to advance your business, the persistence. And sometimes that one step forward can actually be taking a pause. And oftentimes we don't take enough of a pause to reorient ourselves, just to check in, am I on the right track? Or just to give ourselves a little bit of space to allow creativity and connection with others to build those relationships to come in. Oftentimes we get so focused on getting to the goal, building the business, doing this, doing this, doing this, we don't stop and pause. So for me, it's stopping, taking a pause and enjoying the moment. So that's my BU final moment today. That's awesome. And Rara, what is your BU final moment today? Thank you for asking. As everyone was speaking today, and Joel in particular, because Joel was sharing with us new information, I had to make sure that I was focusing and listening to his every word. Because for us in real time, Mm -hmm. even though this will be recorded and our audience will hear it recorded, Mm -hmm. to give an interview and to listen to everything that our guest has to say so we can have an organic conversation, not a scripted conversation because we don't have that. Mm -hmm. And to really listen to Joel and where he wants to go with his conversation and then how he organically was going right to where we wanted to hear more. So to really pay attention, <laughs> like to really pay attention to everything Joel said, to be present. It wasn't difficult for me, but it was a reminder that my BU final moment is to listen to the person who's speaking and to wonder if they're listening to you because that dialogue is 
truly important. And that's the basis of building a relationship to hear what Joel said when he was 19, his purpose, what he wanted to do with his customers and the three tips for his ideal client, have a beautiful website and relax and build relationships and get, you know, to the point so that someone who's a quick start like me can hear that and take action on it, but to really listen to what Joel and what you said, Dr. Energy. So it's to be very, very present, not to be distracted, not to have a shiny penny. We're recording without any video. So we're staring at our mic to make sure I'm listening. I have my eyes closed. (laughs) I'm listening to Joel in my headset and listening to how he's speaking and where he's laughing and just making it all about you. So Joel, it was all about you. And thank you so, so much. This has been an amazing interview and podcast. Our audience is certainly in for a treat. Well, thank you. And I really, really enjoyed, um, enjoyed today. Really, really enjoyed today. Thank you for having me on. And I hope that maybe some of what I've said today has helped some fellow entrepreneurs or just maybe helped to shift the way some people are thinking right now. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Hang out with us. And uh, yeah, we have some offline questions for you. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for being here, Joel. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends about conversations worth having on BU Network. We really appreciate your reviews, and you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. For show notes and links, go to www.b-u.network forward slash podcasts. Connect with us via our website, www.b-u.network, and build a relationship with us. Sign up to receive information, updates, and your free video training at www.b-u.network forward slash pro. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And thank you for being with us. Ciao. Ciao, baby.